Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. How did most people miss on Patrick Mahomes? Um, I didn't. Did you know that? I'm a huge Justin Herbert fan. I am. You know, I think the first thing is, I think he's got the best arm out of any of these quarterbacks in the draft. No offense to Sam Darnold. He's a really good player, and he's got a lot of playmaking ability, but there's no way he deserves to be the first pick of the draft or the fourth pick of the draft for my for my money. Who does? I, um, I think the best quarterback in the draft is Lamar Jackson. Yes, I know the completion percentage is going to concern people. Yeah, he didn't get to throw 12 screens a game like Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, where he got to go 12 for 12 with throws that didn't go beyond the line of scrimmage. March 2018 NFL draft right up uh, until the draft. You said that your uh, power rankings, you had Lamar Jackson number one overall. Man, you took a lot of heat when you uh, said that on this show, but uh, you still feel that way. Probably feel even stronger today, don't you? Oh, Chris, you're an idiot, Chris. You're an idiot. <laughs> uh, the only reason you got this job is because you're dad. You know, I-, I have been waiting nearly four years to say this to you, Christopher. Okay. Man, you're getting old. I know, right? Isn't it crazy? You see it there. I know. It's like, it's like, damn, did I, I three, four years ago, it's changed. You know, once he hits these late thirties, early forties, it's, it's crazy. Um, and, and look, I, I've, I, I have always praised your ability to flag these guys who end up developing. And I know there's a lot of factors that go into it, but still you see in them what they can become and they become that. Now, now I got a question for you. Yeah. Do you still think Lamar Jackson's the best from the class of 2018? No, I don't. You know, you know who I think's the the best. That's that's Josh Allen. Josh Rosen. Uh, oh, and and I changed that a little. But we've had that discussion. You know, I I changed it as I got closer to the draft, and I was pissed a little bit. I got so much pushback from 
NFL people and coaches, and now, you know, I was still early on in my media career that I went like, man, maybe there's something I just don't know because I don't get to meet these guys and get them on a board and all of that. I mean, we went to the owners meeting that year, and I can't remember where it was that year. I mean, that was the only thing people said to me. I mean, you know, and even the people that I value in the media, they just were like crapping on me. I was like, man, maybe there's just something I don't know. And I backed off a little bit, you know, and I was, it was Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. That's all I was beating down. And I backed off Lamar. I won't back down again. I know that I won't. And, uh, you know, I'm a lot more confident in, in my abilities to evaluate and those type of things. And again, I'll say this too, Mike, what I'm evaluating here is what I see on the field. Okay. Yeah, I hear rumors and all that kind of stuff. But all I can do is see what I what what I see on the field and use my knowledge that way. And that's really what my rankings are all about. All right. Well, then let's do it. Go I ahead. have a list of six names in front of me. Do we have a drum roll sound effect? I know <laughs> Chris <laughs> has, <laughs> it's like a it's like a drowning bear, not a drum roll. But uh uh, do we, what are we going to do? We're going to put ahead. them all let's, out there. We're going to go from six to one. Let's want, go from. Do you want me to go from six to one? We'll just start that? right at let's the top. Let's here. go right there. Oh, there it the is. Deep. Well, let's get. Boom! That's the cannonball into the shallow end of the pool. Number one, Trevor Lawrence. Oh wait. No. Wait. No. Is that a typo? No, it's not. Did somebody not. screw up the graphic? No. Are we? Are we sure? I'm sure. Zach Wilson, number one. Yeah, I'm Trevor sure. Trevor Lawrence, number two. I thought you were in detox. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know. Maybe I do need to retox here in a hurry, but no. And listen, you know, before it even starts, I want to – Trevor Lawrence is awesome, okay? Trevor Lawrence is awesome. There's no doubt about it, all right? And I'm not doing this for clickbait, stop all that crap. I have aspirations to be a GM in football. I haven't started yet. Well, I know, but I just want to make sure – I have aspirations to be a Wait. G GM. I mean, hey, listen. You the, do? Yeah, you know that. So one day – You would may, leave me to be a GM? Maybe once when you get old and decrepit and I just can't talk to you anymore. Finally, maybe, but – yeah, that's a couple years away. I do want to say this. Zach Wilson is clearly the number one quarterback in the draft for me. There is a separation. Zach Wilson is a really, really special football player from every aspect and angle. The only negative I can even come up with here is I wish he was a little thicker and bigger. He's 6'3", 210, but I don't think that necessarily matters this day and age in the NFL, and I do like his build regardless. My baseline comment with Zach Wilson is it's Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, okay? That's where it starts right there. It is an unbelievably quick release. It's the ability to throw the ball any which way he wants. Sidearm, over the top, jumping in the air, two feet off the ground, throwing between a guard and a tackle 25 yards down the middle. The arm strength is phenomenal he can throw 40 yard lasers into a cover two hole he can throw 60 70 yard bomb posts down the middle and he doesn't need to get his whole body into it I was blown away by Zach Wilson when I watched him and it's it's you know it's all the things that he brings to the table you know one first off he can just run the system hey there's a 10 yard out route boom he hits all the throws you need to hit consistently and throws quality missiles that spin like Mahomes and Rodgers every throw. So I knew Zach Wilson was good. I saw him a little on TV this year. And, of course, had people in football ask me coming up to the process, hey, have you watched Zach Wilson? When I've gone this last week and studied him, it's been like, oh, my gosh, look at that throw. Oh, my gosh, 
Way to go through the progressions that quick. Holy cow, what a quick release. Then his ability to move and make plays in the back end, Mike, and he can run and he can rip off 30-yard runs. But he's like a Mahomes, a Rodgers, and a Josh Allen where he doesn't want to run. He wants to scramble around and throw a laser down the field. And then he will run when he goes like a Rodgers or an Allen or Mahomes. He'll go, okay, you triple dog dare me. There's eight guys 25 yards down the field. Okay, I'll run and get 12 yards. But he really wants to just carve you up with his big-time arm, his release, everything about it. And, and Mike, as you can tell, I'm very passionate about it, and uh, I'm, I'm blown away by it. To me, he is the clear-cut number one quarterback in this draft. I love Trevor Lawrence. There's a lot I like. But I think Zach Wilson and him, there's a separation there for my money and what, what I see and what I've evaluated. Do you expect him to go number two? That's Assuming the, that, yes. that 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 uh, that Trevor Lawrence goes to the Jaguars at number one, which we're assuming, but who knows? Maybe somebody in Jacksonville, maybe Trent Baalke is going to hear what you have to say and take a closer look and maybe go to Urban Meyer and say, hey, we should reconsider this. But yeah. assuming they go with Lawrence, do you expect Wilson to go number two? I think that the Jets are going to run – and dive up to the podium as soon as the first pick's made, if it's Trevor Lawrence, and they're going to like, Zach Wilson, we got him, oh my gosh. It just, he's, he's. I mean, for Matt LaFleur, and I think what Robert Sala has been beaten by in the Super Bowl, and Mahomes, and what he saw, and the comments he made about Josh Allen this year, he's going to look at it and go, man, this guy's a superstar. I mean, not only will he execute the offense, but when the offense doesn't work, He's still going to execute the offense and make it look like it does. And that's the real big question, you know, and that you bring up. You know, again, like I said, for my money, Zach Wilson is the clear cut number one. Does Jacksonville have the guts to make that pick? I don't know. You know, there's a lot that goes into that. And Trevor Lawrence is a really damn good football player. And I will say there's untapped potential with Trevor Lawrence, too. But he's a huge part of that region of the country, we know. The Southeast Conference, SEC. He grew up in Georgia. He's been dominating college football, of course, and he's a huge name. Everybody expects him to be the number one pick in all of those things. And then, hey, there's also the politics of football, too, where it, it's, it's easier to make that pick. And if it does fail, you're just like, well, everybody had him won. We, I mean, I don't know what, it, you know what to see. So there is that aspect. But – Zach Wilson's going to be able to play in any offense and make it work, and there's just really not a negative I can point to in his football game. His mechanics are off the charts good. The throwing making is off the charts good. When there's nothing there to be had, the plays he makes off schedule are off the charts good, and that's where I was really impressed. Mike, I didn't know I was going to be impressed like this. I really wasn't. And, and but but I, I've studied this hard, and I feel really confident in what I'm saying. Question. Yeah. More more of a of a comment. Sure. Navy, Troy, Louisiana Tech, UTSA, I got whatever the hell that yeah, is. Houston, right. Texas State, Western Kentucky, Boise I, State, North Alabama, Coastal Carolina, San Diego State. I UCF. got you. Yeah, I hear you. How do you? How do you? factor that in to your assessment yeah listen that that's part of it but this is the big thing I I come to is just first off hey covered is covered hitting the bullseyes hitting the bullseye like I you know if there's a window this big I don't care what league you are he can always hit that window or hit that target right he can do those type of things I'm not going to get 
You know, he can affect the schedule. Yes, you know, maybe the talent level wasn't exactly the same as what Trevor Lawrence had to do, right? Okay, I'll say that. But let me just get this clear, too. The ACC ain't nothing special right now. Like, there was Notre Dame and Clemson and a whole bunch of crap after that, really, for the most part. North Carolina, of course, jumped up there this year. And also with that, you know, and what we talk about here, all right, is – Okay, well, I could fight you back and go, well, Trevor Lawrence always got to play on the team that was the most talented team on the field and got to throw to wide open people all the time. And when things weren't going good, it was, oh, hand the ball off to Travis Etienne and he rips off a 30 run, 30 yard. Oh, let me throw a screen to him and get in a little rhythm. And so the game was easy for him, too, in that aspect, if you want to get into, you know, that type of talk. And I, I really like Trevor Lawrence and we can break him down here in a second. But I'm not going to look at that. Hey, Patrick Mahomes and some of the talent he was playing there in the Big 12, there, there's no NFL defensive players in the Big 12. There's like five of them. And, and back when he was playing, there was like none of them. I mean, there was nothing. It's hard to name Big 12 players that are awesome in football right now on the defensive side of the game. So uh, the talent to me just jumps off the screen. And the athlete himself and the player himself, he's twitchy and – you know, I know arm talent when I see it, just like Josh Allen. I don't care if he's playing against Wyoming, Northern Canada State, or whatever the hell it is. I could see that, whoa, this guy's an athlete. Whoa, his arm is explosive. Whoa, he can do some stuff. I don't care who the competition is. And that's the same type of stuff I'm seeing from, from Zach Wilson right now. Let me flip it around. Yeah. Let's say that Trent Baalke, Urban Meyer, and let's be realistic, Shad Khan right. decide that Zach Wilson should be the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. If Trevor Lawrence is there at number two, do the Jets rush to the podium with the same zeal and vigor that you suggested earlier I, I, to I, Trevor Lawrence? I think they rush to it. I don't think they're going to rush to I, I In my heart of hearts, knowing Kyle Shanahan, the McVay, the Gruden, the Sean Payton type of guys, that's all the similar offense and system and ideas. I would think Zach Wilson's their kind of guy. That's the kind of guy they like. You know, that 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 to me, the, 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 those guys, those teams, you know, Matt LaFleur, his his brothers, you know, up there. Uh, am I saying the right? I'm saying the wrong LaFleur with the, the Jets, I think. It's Mike LaFleur. Mike LaFleur. Excuse me, Mike. I'm so sorry. I really don't mean to do that. Mike, Mike LaFleur is up there watching his brother with a guy like Aaron Rodgers going, wait, this is the offense I want to run. Man, damn, it's pretty good. It's uh, 49-5 and five this year. Whoa, I'd like that. I think he fits more of what the Jets want to do and how they want to play than anything. And I'll say this, too. I think Zach Wilson's more pro-ready right now at this very second to go with it. His Trevor Lawrence was in a very college offense. Definitely. And there's a lot of space to throw the football at times and do those type of things. You know, Zach Wilson, you get to see the play actions and the bootlegs and the movement type stuff, let alone what he can do in the drop back pass game and make plays like that. So, again, I really like Trevor Lawrence, and I do think there's even room for him to get better as a football player. And he's got some very special elite traits about his game. But Zach Wilson, to me, is a superstar. He is a superstar that is very, very special. Okay, so. Are you also saying yeah. that the Jets should, if they would have the opportunity yeah. to get a Deshaun Watson or a Russell Wilson Negative. with the number two overall pick and other stuff, nope. they're better off keeping 
the number two pick and using it on Zach Wilson. I, 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 that's what I'm saying. I, I mean, that I'm, I'm saying is that Sam Darnold's on the trade block from everything I've just seen, you know, over the last week, and I've studied it hard. Yeah, I, I would think that it's, it's going to be a no-brainer for me, and, and uh, I would expect them to be drafting a quarterback at number two 100%, and then we'll see where, where it goes with Sam Darnold. They've been calling Trevor Lawrence the best prospect since Andrew Luck. What do you see from him? Uh, setting aside yeah. the fact that you don't think he's as good of a prospect as Zach Wilson. No, I, and I, and again, I, I really, I mean, I one of my last thing is like he's he's worthy of the number one pick. He's a baller. I I, I know, like I'm not going to sit here and if Jacksonville takes him, I'm not going to go. Oh my gosh, that's just stupid. You know, it's not like I'm going to Blake Bortles' situation where I was trying to tell everybody back then in those days going, no, Derek Carr is better than Blake Bortles, Johnny Menzel, and Teddy Bridgewater. That's It's not close. So th th I won't be mad at that. I understand that. Lawrence, you know, does have a very strong arm. There's no doubt about that. His mechanics are a little flawed, okay, Mike? The ball can be a little bit all over the place at times, along with his feet and things like that. A lot of what he does, he just gets it done with God-given natural ability, okay? And then I've talked about the offense and stuff like that. But you've heard me say in the past, size is a skill. It is. He has the ability to throw over people and people around him and do things like that. And I think there is room for him to grow as a thrower, let alone, you know, he's a big, strong athlete. Uh, and he can take a read option and run up the middle for 40-yard gain and do those type of things. There's no doubt about that. But the inconsistency in the mechanics and the throws at times and the quality of the football, you know, I'll, I'll just say, I, you know, as a pure, I like him as an athlete better than this person, but like as a pure thrower and a guy who throws the ball and does those things, he's not as good as Justin Herbert was last year. I was more blown away with what I saw from Justin Herbert. Now, he's got moxie. He's played in a lot of big games and all of those type of things, certainly. I really like the player, and like I said, he's worthy of the number one pick. Uh, I just think that Zach Wilson is a notch better than him, and uh, I clearly say that, but I, but I like what he brings to the table for sure. So you think there's a chance both guys are going to work out? Both yes. guys are going to be great quarterbacks. I'm both big guys are going both. to lead their teams to wins and playoff appearances. And Jaguars-Jets could become an intriguing AFC rivalry right? between two different divisions. Yeah, exactly right. I, I think it's win-win. No matter what those two teams get, I, I think they're going to still be going, okay, we got a guy, and we're good for like 10 years, hopefully more. Uh, I, and I'm excited. I'm excited about this class. This class jumped out to me more than I expected it to in general. Of course, Zach Wilson is the, 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 you know, the big banner to me to just go, hey, there's Zach Wilson, and there's a little bit of a gap for me between him and Trevor Lawrence right now and everything like that because I think he is just a full-blown superstar can take over a game by himself. But I think Trevor Lawrence, of course, has some big-time ability as well. But there's some things in his game that I would like to see fixed, and at the base level of it, he is not just the – the dead-eye thrower that Zach Wilson is. I mean, Wilson will make some of the damnedest throws and plays you've ever seen in your life, let alone just if they were going to throw 15-yard out routes, right, and there's nothing around you, he's going to hit the bullseye more than Trevor Lawrence, too. He's going to hit the bullseye, throw perfect spirals, and it's going to be more like, okay, consistent completions and all that as well. He's a machine throwing the football. Uh, and not to say that Trevor Lawrence can't be that, but as we sit here right now, 
um, yeah, there's things about him and throwing that need to be fixed. And I even saw that in his pro day that I watched very closely on TV, that there's little issues there, but still like the player a lot, and he can be a superstar too. Mac Jones from Alabama at number three mm -hmm. on your list. He's a guy who's been generating some buzz. Peter King mentioned in Football Morning in America that some see Jones higher than Justin Fields. You obviously do. Yes, I do. Mel Kuyper compared him reluctantly to Tom Brady in some respects, but he comes from that Alabama system where everyone around him is great. Yes. What do you see from him, and how hard is it to really draw out what his attributes are when he's surrounded by so many great players. No, I know. I, you know, that that's always part of it, right? And then, listen, Trevor Lawrence is surrounded by great players too. I mean, that's that's damn Clemson. They're they're definitely one of the best teams in football every year. But Mac Jones, I'll say, was probably, you know, the second guy I was just blown away by. Not that I didn't think he was good. It's just it's a lot better than I thought. First off, he is just an absolute machine throwing the football. His arm's not as powerful as Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson, but his arm's plenty powerful to make big throws and do that. I'll say his arm's more powerful than Joe Burrow last year to me when I watch it on film. Now, he's not the athlete and can't make the plays that Joe Burrow did in avoiding blitzes and running and all that. That's where Joe Burrow is. You know, he was so slick and slippery as hell like that. But where Trevor Lawrence and I think where like a guy like Mel Kuyper has tried to make those comments as far as comparisons of Brady, he has unbelievable feet. Unbelievable. I mean, really quick feet in the pocket, can shuffle around, can move, can bounce around, can make throws off of, you know, in, in, in awkward angles. And maybe it's not sidearm and things like that, like Zach Wilson, because Zach Wilson's just got a, a flair and a, he's a magician with the ball like Rodgers and Mahomes. But Jones still, oh, there's people around me. He can tighten his motion up, and he doesn't need a lot of room to throw the 20-yard in cut. And, oh, now I got to rip out a 20-yard out cut, and there's no one around me? No problem. He throws a perfect spiral every time. And to where it jumps off too, Mike, and like to talk about, yeah, there's talent around him, but there's still so many throws of, hey, the guy is covered, or the coverage is tight. And he just puts it right in the right spot. Or the guy is totally covered and he put it in a spot where his guy can get it or nobody can get it. Let alone, listen, I just thought the way they called offense this year in Alabama was different than they did with Tua. It was more aggressive and down the field and bigger type throws that way. But Mac Jones is plenty athletic enough. Yeah, he's not going to be running around and doing that type of stuff. But he is going to be able to move in the pocket and dice you up and do those type of things. And I think he is a top 10 pick. I do. I don't. I have no doubt about that. You know what I think hurts him to a certain degree? He looks like a dork in his uniform. He, he, it's, he's kind of like one of these old school quarterbacks yeah. in an ill-fitting uniform. Yes. And like a Billy Kilmer or a Sonny right. Jurgensen. Not that those guys were bad, but he's almost like a throwback. Yeah. Right? He doesn't look like a modern quarterback. Does that make sense? <laughs> it totally makes sense. It's really, you know, other than, okay, maybe he can't, you know, run for 40 yards and do that. And I still think, like, you give him the read option, he could, he could scare you for an 8- or 10-yard gain. But, Mike, that was one of the things I wrote down. There's really not much to not like about the guy other than he looks like not – cool in his uniform you know he just I, doesn't I, and, and I know what you're saying yes there's a there's a flair there that maybe not be there but man it's just so many good quality throws decisions and here's the last thing Mike and, and we can move on with him after or you can ask the question 
His ability to process, to me, is as good as I've seen since studying him and Joe Burrow. Like he can go, he can go, wait, one's covered, two's covered, and he can look at three, and he's already in the motion to throw the ball, and he can dissect it and go, I'm going to throw it. He's, He's perfect right there. Boom, and he hits the target. His ability to go through reads and process information and get on to the next guy is as good as I've seen the last few years. Uh, like I said, it's up there with Joe Burrow, who I thought was absolutely amazing at it as well last year. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is per se, and I'm sure he'll be poked and prodded and examined yeah. carefully. But he's just kind. Of, I feel like he's he's right on that that edge of, you know, he's one off season away from being a little too large for his uniform. I hear you. He's a, what, got a boxy build. How committed build. is he going to be? Right. How committed is he going to be to diet, nutrition, exercise, all that? Is it going to be a career-long thing where he just goes out and throws a football and does what he can with what he has physically? How much of a commitment is he going to make to being you know, more chiseled? More, more. I, it, it, there's just, I it, hear you. Weird, and I'm glad. It's, just, it's visceral when you see it. It's yeah. like he does not look like what we've come to expect in a football quarterback. He looks like the way quarterbacks look, like Bobby Lane. Again, that's a, not a bad guy to be compared to. No. But there's just a there's just a, the sexiness a throwback that misses. quality yeah. to him. Yeah, it's just not there, and it just makes me wonder, is he going to be uh, someone who has that staying power and makes the full commitment? And again, he may be in great shape. He just doesn't look it. Yeah. Maybe it's just maybe it's just a, a bad day by the equipment manager the day he got his pass. He, there's just something missing there. Everything I've been led to believe, though, he's a psycho as far as preparation and the things you talk about. So I can't imagine him – you know, falling into that trap or doing anything like that. But certainly a really, really special player. I, I really like him. You know, I, I look at, like, the Carolina Panthers at number eight, right, quarterback, all of that stuff. You know, they got, you know, they got Joe Brady there running that offense. I mean, Mac, like I just said, Mac Jones, Joe Burrow, there's, there's, there's some similarities there. I'm not saying he's as good as Joe Burrow, but I think he could run that offense like we saw Joe Burrow do at LSU and do that here in the NFL. And, yeah, I, I was, uh, I was, I was a little taken back by the the talent I saw out of Mac Jones. I wasn't quite expecting it to be as good as it, what it was, and and it was, uh, it was pleasantly surprising. And if if it does go south for him from a fitness standpoint, th- there is there is a hell of a McDonald's endorsement out there. <laughs> You're such a just jerk. waiting, <laughs> just waiting. Uh. Hey, I'm just saying you can still be a good quarterback. I, I'm look. That that that's it's it's he's a fascinating prospect for me because yeah. he could defy all of our expectations and show up and and be everything that you've seen in him at the NFL level and get it done yeah. and I think that would make him a fan favorite because it's so different from what we're used to seeing in modern professional athletes and quarterbacks and or they'll just find pads or, that fit him a little bit better and well, it won't yeah. look that way right maybe he could just learn how to wear his uniform a little bit better and maybe <laughs> as he's you know. As he grows here in a little bit, he'll learn how to manage his body maybe different. Listen, we saw Tom Brady's body change in front of us. We do. I mean, listen, that was embarrassing the way he looked coming out in the draft, right? You know, then a few years into his career, you started to go, damn, Tom looks awesome in his uniform. He looks great. Like, look at him. And so, you know, that's certainly a possibility for him too. And just everything I've heard, you know, even during the season, he's one of those type of guys anyways. So we'll see where it goes. But Mac Jones is the number three quarterback in the uh, NFL draft for me. This will make Shereen Williams very happy. Texas A&M uh-huh. back Kellen Mond, mm-hmm. mid to late round pick in the opinion of many. You've got him at number four on your Woo. list ahead of 
Justin Fields from Ohio State. What gives? Whoa. I like, hey, you, I mean, I, I'm not, you know, I know I'm excited. I, I, I know I'm excited here. Zach Wilson, of course, was like, oh my gosh, I'm blown away. Mac Jones was a little bit like, whoa, he's better than I thought. Kellen Mon, first off, I got to give my father credit here. All right. Big Phil, who's somebody, you know, during the year, I don't watch college football a ton. I watch big games here and there. And he kept going, hey, Christopher, you know, Christopher, you seen this Kellen Mond? You, you seen him? I don't know. It'll be interesting to study. It'll be interesting to study. And then, you know, he talked about it a little to me early last week, right before I got into studying all these guys and everything. And I just came away, first off, just going, why is nobody talking about this guy? I mean, first from a base level, they lost one game in the SEC through 19 touchdowns and three interceptions right there. First off, that merits a little just more talk and hype. But forget that. Mike... His throwing is, is, is special. I mean, Wilson's the king of the throwing. Mac Jones is, like, extremely consistent and really damn good. Kellen Mond is the next guy. I think as pure throwers right now, like when you just talk to me about, man, they can stripe it and throw perfect strikes every time. You know, Wilson, Mac Jones, and Kellen Mond – to me, are more machines than Trevor Lawrence's at this point. And Mond has a really quick release. He keeps the ball up tight a little bit up here. I wish he would, re re like, relax and loosen up. But, hey, I've seen tons of quarterbacks. That's the way they're taught in college at times. But, man, Mike, I mean, first off, every throw he makes is bullseye. It's, it's a rocket arm. He doesn't need space in the pocket. He can throw with pressure in the pocket. He never really misses a throw in general altogether. The only negative I come to with Kellen Mond is I wish he'd play a little bit more backyard football. He's a really good athlete, but I think he's trying to do the right thing in the Jimbo Fisher system and go through the reads, and he's a great decision maker. He can go, you know, one to two to three seamlessly. He makes very little mistakes. When people aren't open, he doesn't compound those mistakes or do anything like that. And I'm not going to lie, I'm not like blown away by Jimbo Fisher's offense, too. I mean, I, I think it's a little predictable. You can kind of see it on film at times where defenses are all over their concepts, and he still throws strikes in there, whether it's against Florida or Alabama and doing those type of things. To me, this is the guy that has just been flying under the radar. This is the guy I expect to get text messages from my friends in the NFL later today to go, you jerk, I can't believe you talked about Kellen Mond. We were hoping nobody would notice him. I'm expecting that. It is a big-time arm, a very good athlete, and he is NFL-ready at this second right now. And, and let me just say this, yeah. and, and this comes up every year, the reality that a lot of the people who are draft experts aren't doing the evaluation process or aren't capable of it the way you are. They're just – regurgitating what they're hearing from people so they're more subject to the manipulations of the people in the league who are trying to keep certain folks down when someone comes in with an honest evaluation that would be similar to the evaluation done behind closed doors and that blows the lid off of things that that is the kind of stuff that can cause a guy to all of a sudden be rising up the boards well, well no that just means the truth is getting out I I, I would think this is going to be that guy I would really be shocked if not and yeah you know I I just I don't care what I don't call around and go, you know, who are the top guys in football? I, I don't care. A lot of my football friends and coaches, I, I, I go, I, I know more than you about quarterback. I know you're an awesome coach, and you're better, but I just feel like I know more. I'm not trying to be cocky or a jerk. 
You know me. I'm obsessed. I've been you doing it my try. whole life. I know. I don't have to try. Right. But I just, I, I'm obsessed. This is what I do. I am confident in my abilities. I've seen a lot of these people in person through my whole life. And, you know, uh, so, um, yeah, I, I, I think this guy's going to be a major, major riser here. And I would be shocked if not, because I don't know what you can really turn on film and not really like about it. You know, he does everything awesome, except like I said, I wish he would just get out of the pocket and use his athleticism a little bit more instead of trying to stay in there and make the perfect throw every time. But one, one guy that I was I was blown away and just can't believe there's not more talk about him out there right now. Okay, so Justin Fields now at number yeah, five. Right. Uh, yeah, it didn't go great against Alabama in the championship game, but we saw him go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Trevor Lawrence and blow Trevor Lawrence and Clemson off the field. Sure. Why does he land so low for you? Because even in that game, as good as it was, there's he, – listen, he's got big talent. There's no doubt. It's just very raw at this point. It's raw. You know, Ohio State – it, they're really talented. It's a lot of wide open people and he has room to grow. I really like Justin Fields. There's no doubt he's a first round talent. His running is real. His running is better than I thought it was even just watching on TV over these last few years. He, he is a real threat to where even as raw as he is as a passer at this point and it's not raw to like it's Jalen Hurts or anything like that. No, it's way better than that. He has a rocket arm and everything like that. But, you know, the athletic ability, I think, too, is going to help him early in his career to grow into being the better passer, and you can you can hide some of those deficiencies. He has an incredibly strong arm, but the it can, it can fall apart, and that's what scares me. It really does. At the end of the year, and, you know, I know you talk about the Clemson game. I would challenge some people to sit there and go back and watch the game. I know there's some good throws, yes, but there's a, there's a handful of throws in that game where I go, I expect a high school quarterback to hit that 10 out of 10. And yeah, okay, here's, you know, he threw the deep post, which is like one of the great throws of the year in college football. He threw like a 65-yard cannon. Hey, that was awesome. There's no doubt. But I can go to other go routes and things like that where the wide receiver catches it and has to fall down and do things like that where I go, that should have been a walk-in touchdown, but it was a little off. But there's just too many, you know, too many throws and spots, Mike, where it's just – it's all over the place. First off, I believe he's a one-read thrower right now. It's like if the first read's not wide open or there, he's going to run or panic, and he can do some bad things when he does that. He can be a little careless with the football. But more than anything, Mike, it's the Northwestern game, the Alabama game. There's a few other games in there, of course. And, and I watched a ton. I watched every throw the whole year where it just falls apart. It falls apart. The ball goes everywhere. He is not a good short ball thrower, and that's where I make him five. It's, he's got big-time potential, and I like that, but there's some things that have to be fixed in his throwing and things like that for me to think, oh, he's a top-10 pick or anything like that. If he goes in the first round at all, he'll be only the fourth Ohio State quarterback to be taken in round one. Don Scott in 1941 Ooh. by the Bears. Arch Schleister in the late 70s, if not early 80s, by the Colts. Yep. And then Dwayne two Haskins. years ago, Dwayne Haskins. Does that hurt Justin Fields that Haskins has flamed out so quickly? I think so, a little bit. I don't think that's going to help him. And I think, you know, a little, it's going to open people's eyes to see some of the same issues. You know, I look at, like, Cardell Jones, 
Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields, I don't know if they're teaching it this way at Ohio State, but Mike, you've maybe heard me say this before. The arm can get too floppy. It just doesn't connect all the time. And I love a flexible arm, but when you see Mahomes and Rodgers, they can put it all together and it flex, you know, it it's it catapults the right way. At times with a guy like Justin Fields, it's just like the body's locked and the arm just flops everywhere and that it's like, you know, a golf swing. If you just took the ball, the the club back everywhere and let it swing everywhere, yeah, you might hit a 350 down the middle every now and then, but I promise you, more times than not, you're going to hit it you know, 280 into the other fairway somewhere. And that's where that has to be fixed. And I do see some of those issues, but I think he's a better prospect uh, than Dwayne Haskins altogether, especially because of the running and what he can bring there. This guy's he's built like Cam Newton. I mean, he's just like two inches shorter, but he is a Greek god with the way he's built. He can follow pulling guards and do those type of things. And I think that's why he's an intriguing prospect and has potential too because I think early in his career you can do some of that stuff as he develops as a quarterback and still probably be successful and have a damn good offense. The last guy on your list yeah. now, number six, Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Only played one game last year because of the pandemic. Right. A lot of people have him higher. What put you or what caused you to put him in the spot that you did? He does have elite first-round traits too. The number one thing is I'd be scared with just lack of playing. That's what would scare me. You know, he's got a big time arm. And again, another guy that, I mean, he can fly running. I mean, he's, his running is special. You know, in a lot of ways, I like his technique and how he throws the ball more than I like Justin Fields. I do. But the offense was a one-read kind of offense. Like, hey, we would play action pass. We just want you to throw that guy. We've designed this all week. You hit, hit, hit that guy. But it's lack of throws and lack of playing that would just scare me, you know? I love the talent. There's a lot of elite traits there. I do think he's a first-round talent, but I think he's a guy that if you do draft him, yeah, again, you're going to have to play a certain way, I think, early in his career to kind of let that come along, definitely. I think he's a first-round talent, again, but uh, it just it get a little too raw and I think there's going to be a few growing pains and getting to learn how to, you know, be a drop back quarterback and do those things. Hey, at the end of the day, the game is still about we're the, the guys we're seeing advance in the playoffs are the Mahomes, the Rodgers, the Josh Allens, the Tom Brady's, the guys who go, I'm in the pocket and I can throw a 40 yard laser at any moment and there's nothing you can do about it. And that's still the name of the game. And that's where I think like Justin Fields and Trey Lance just have to get more consistent in those type of areas. We got to take a break. Yeah. 10 seconds or less. How many of these guys go in round one? I, I really think there's a good chance all six of them can. I really do wow. think, yes. Uh, you know, it might have to fall right, but I think there's a good chance. They're, they're all worthy of it and have the elite traits to be first rounders. All right, let's take a break. Uh, more PFT Live coming at you right after this. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. 
Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Yeah, we certainly could. I think it's something we're working through. I think, uh, again, it's not a it's not a philosophical thing to avoid it. I do think it, it's there's usually better ways to go about it. But um, certainly, if I think as we get down the road here uh, over the next uh, week or so, um, if that becomes what is in the best interest of the Packers, I think we'll do that. Um, but uh, at this point, I, you know, we haven't we haven't done that. I'd like to think he'll do whatever's in the best interest of the Packers. That's what these guys always hide behind to justify whatever they choose to do. It's in the best interest of the team. It's in the best interest of the team. It's a corporate-owned organization. Yeah, you got to do what's in the best interest. And the tool that's available to the teams to keep guys off the open market is the franchise tag. Aaron Jones, a guy who has not been consistently dominant but has shown us enough to make us think he could be in the right circumstance – Due to become a free agent, franchise tag for running backs apparently estimated to be around eleven million. I thought it was going to be less than that. That's a lot to put on a guy for one year. I I wouldn't do it, Chris. I I wouldn't do eleven million, not with this shrinking cap for a running back when you can find running backs pretty much anywhere. Yeah, it, that is a tough one. It really is. I you know I thought it was going to be less than that too. I didn't realize it was going to be eleven million. I thought we might get down into single digits. I'm not. There. Th- those numbers come from overthecap.com. I don't know what they're basing it on. I've heard eight nine million for running. That's backs what I thought because too. It's a five-year rolling average of how much cap space the top five paid running backs consume. You know, over the past five years, who's making a ton of money at the running back position? And it's been going down. But if it's 11, I think that's easy. If it's eight figures, you don't do it. You go draft somebody. I I, I, I tend to agree with that. If it's around eight and a half, nine, I'd probably do it for sure. Now, I don't know. This is the other aspect I'll just bring up here. You know, again, you know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers' help is always what we're talking about here. And the one thing where I'll say Aaron Jones is special, hey, the the Packers make explosive plays because Aaron Rodgers has the greatest arm in the history of football, or, you know, it's either him or Mahomes or, you know, some of those, Josh Allen, those guys right now. Um, but Aaron Jones is the one guy that can rip off an 80-yard play, right? He, you can throw a screen to him, and he can – he has true explosive ability, and to me, they miss that overall in their offense. He's the only guy that can do that. Take a toss sweep, break a tackle, go 90. I mean, so that's where he does have real value, and this this will be a tough decision for the Green Bay Packers. I'll be interested to see where this goes. You know, one thing to consider would be the transition tag because it gives you a right of first refusal. Let somebody else sign him. And with running backs, somebody told me last year as – the running backs were getting paid from Derrick Henry to Alvin Kamara to Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, that running backs typically tend to get big money contracts only from the team yeah. that they became a star with. Right. That a stranger isn't going to pay you for what you did somewhere else because that's part of what you're paying for. 
Fans love him. Everybody's got his jersey. It becomes political yes. and business-driven more than right. football-driven. So transition tag costs you less. Good thought, Mike. And who's going to offer him a big-money contract, given what we saw last year? That that could be a way for the Packers to save a little money, and then that becomes the basis for a long-term contract that you have until July 15 to work out. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I, 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 I like where your head's at there. That really does. Yeah, good. let somebody else play with fire, and they want to – offer him more, you know, money per year and do those type of things. And then, okay, you can evaluate if that does happen and go, okay, do we want to pony up this kind of cash, whatever. Um, but I'd like to see what that final number is going to be for the franchise tag. Because I think if it's like eight and a half million, I'd go franchise. If it's going to be like 11 and a half million, something like that. And if for a team like Green Bay, that's got some issues anyways, I'd probably say negative Ghost Rider. So when you're a GM, I get to be your cap and contracts guy. Is that how it's going to work? <laughs> yep, I'll bring you in there to do that. Is that, is that do okay I get with Do you? I get to live here in West? We Virginia? just can't let as you talk to the media or anything. We can't let you do that or any articles. You know, copy paste. Oh, I won't. No, comment, I right? won't. I won't talk to anybody. <laughs> okay. I won't talk to anyone at all. Let's take a break. <laughs> sure. We got a draft coming up based upon the unretirement of number 99 by the Cardinals. We'll do that next here on PFT Live. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. I have the greasiest, shiniest forehead in the history of mankind. I've already applied makeup three other times already here during this show because mine will become a mirror. You'll be able to see the camera that's in front of my face here and <laughs> off my head if I don't start putting uh, powder on there. And I'm not a makeup artist. We're just well, nitty-gritty, hard-working TV guys. We do it ourselves. <laughs> I'm told that some people on TV actually have to have someone come into the room and attach the IFB to the back of their shirt. Oh, now that. You're funny. That. You're funny. high maintenance. You're funny. Well, <laughs> you're such a jerk. That's great. Appearances there from Kristen Coleman, oh. who is the one who attaches the little clip. See how hard it is? It's so hard. It's so difficult to put it on and take it off. That is such a chore. I can't believe well, it. We right. usually have audio guys that do it. She is in the room fixing the camera and doing those type of things. And me with my damn hoodies <laughs> can make it uh, a little complicated at times. So thank God for Kristen. She saves me a lot more than more than All right. knows. We're drafting the most iconic Jersey numbers in the NFL right. question for you to determine the first pick. 
Which player changed his number from 96 to 99 in honor of Jerome Brown in 1992 and then went on to win Defensive Player of the Year that season? Right. I saw this. I mean, wow. You, is it that easy? You're thinking it's that easy? Uh, I, 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 I mean, 96, there's only one guy I can think 92. of. I, 92. He was 92 and he went to 90. Defensive Player of the Year. No, he was 96. He was 96. Right. Went to 99 in honor of Jerome Brown and one defensive player of the year in 92. I'm going to say it's Clyde Simmons because that's the only 96 I can think of. Who is it? Cortez Kennedy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I am. I wouldn't – yeah, good one there. Man, Cortez Kennedy, yeah, yeah, a baller who kind of – yeah, doesn't get the credit he ever deserves because he's never on a big winning team there in Seattle. Wow. Yeah. All right. You know, and and these are largely driven by personal preferences and memories. And and I've told this story before. For me, the moment that I realized the NFL was a big deal was the Immaculate Reception game. And Frank O'Harris was, you know, the the rookie that everyone loved in and around Pittsburgh back in the early 70s. And that the house I grew up in was number 32. There was always been that resonance for 32. So without question, Without question, the first number I think of when football comes around is 32. I got and you, it's, and it's because of Frank O'Harris. Yeah, I, I hear that. I mean, 30. I mean, 32, of course, is an iconic number too. Because when I think of 32, I think of Jim Brown always, right off the bat. But damn, there's a lot of studs that have worn 32 over the year, Marcus Allen and and so on. Um, okay, good one by you. I think when I just think of numbers, I I I, I don't know why. Um, I just think like when I think. Th- 56, I think Lawrence Taylor, all right? That that to me uh, is is one that will always just be ingrained in my brain. I mean, Lawrence Taylor, trendsetter, nothing like him in the history of the sport until he got there. He was almost 20, 30 years ahead of his time as far as that's concerned. Yeah, I'm biased, and I got to see it every Sunday growing up and all of that. But, man, you know, when I think of football and defensive football – I think of Lawrence Taylor and that attitude and everything he brought to it. And 56 to me is iconic because of him. Next one for me. And again, this is what's wired into your brain from when you're a kid. It's 12 and 12 was just the default quarterback number. The original TB 12, Terry Bradshaw. Now Tom Brady has completely co-opted it to the point where you you think of 12, you think of Brady, but I think of 12, I think of Bradshaw. And that just was like, yeah, quarterbacks, number 12 quarterbacks, number 12, even though plenty of great quarterbacks wore different numbers to me. First number that a quarterback would wear is 12. Yeah, 12. I mean, Staubach, Bradshaw, Stabler, Rodgers, Brady. I mean, it's it's unreal how many greats have been 12, right? I mean, it, it really is that way. Uh, it, it's probably the most special number, actually, all in all of football when you really break it down. Uh, you know, when I, I, I'm, I guess I'm taking more of the route of just one, like a guy that I think of that's like when you just think that number, you think of that person. And, and the other one, uh, 19. You know, we haven't seen any 19s. And that's Johnny U. That's Johnny U time. To me, that's just like when I see that number, it doesn't matter what sport it is. I could be watching a basketball game and see 19 and I go, oh, Johnny U. I just, it comes into my brain. Oh, there's a baseball guy, 19, Johnny U. That's, I mean, it just, it's not a very, you know, popular number. It ever has been. Uh, and of course, it belongs to him as far as football is concerned. Yeah, and it is weird that it never really caught nice. on. There never. weren't a lot of guys in the 70s and 80s who emulated Johnny Unitas that wanted to wear number 19. Just And it's it, it's not Funny. like something that every team's got a 19. 19 is probably available on more rosters right now than not. 
but uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe just people thought, I can never live up to Johnny Unitas, so I'm not even going to try. Uh, the other one for me has got to be 88. 88's always, it, it, Alan Page, it, back to the 70s and growing up, but there's something about 88, and I didn't like it when they started letting receivers wear numbers in the teens. I think they should only wear numbers in the 80s. Cause it's those and 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 the numbers in the eighties and specifically eighty eight that 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 to me yeah. was the receiver Lynn Swan even though it was Alan Page on the defensive side it was right. Lynn Swan on the offensive side yeah right there's I mean yeah Michael Irvin you know those guys that guy that uh, Drew Pearson and that great catch he had I mean there's been some oh, good eighty that would be right. a reason to not like eighty eight <laughs> that's a good one um, twelve but, and eighty I can't believe twelve and eighty eight are on my list I I know but uh, I kind of tried to be a little I'm gonna go I'm gonna go ninety two. Just with like when I think of iconic numbers ninety two, I think of Reggie White. Like I, I it really when I sit here and think about it, I go, what other great ninety twos are there in the history of football? I mean, Michael Strahan, good job, Pete. That's one certainly, but that just again ninety two is ingrained in my brain, and I think about Reggie White every time because I watched him smush my father for eight years in a row. So I'm just always like, oh, ninety two. It like makes me shake in my boots. Other ones for me, 7-1 and double zero. We talked about double zero last week. Jim Otto, more PFT Live right after this. There it is from a few weeks back. Tommy throwing the trophy from one boat to the next. He was on the Late Late Show with James Corden last night. He said he doesn't remember that very well. And we saw the reaction. That was classic drunk guy reaction after it. Watch, as soon as he lets go of it and they catch it, Classic drunk guy reaction. Here it is. Oh, he's drunk. He doesn't remember it. <laughs> and he so also awesome. acknowledged it was a long way down to the bottom, Chris, if that thing had missed. He had later learned it was 80 feet to the bottom, yeah. like you said. Yeah. It, uh, I, I used to swim in there, and my dad used to swim in there. And we would jump off because we lived, like, right there. Dad jumped in one day, and he never went in again because he came out and he goes, I saw something giant underneath me in the sun. I'm never getting in that water again. And that was the end of that. <laughs> That's great. Hey, uh, check out Chris's podcast later today for more on his quarterback draft list. See you tomorrow. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.